I'm Kelly Siegel, and this is Harder Than Life, a podcast about self-love, self-awareness, business, and health. We tell outrageous stories and boil everything down to simple, practical advice you can start using today. Let's get living. Welcome back to today's episode of Harder Than Life podcast. Very well, it was the easiest and most fun podcast prep I've ever done. I first was introduced to Jennifer Cohen on the CLS Experience podcast and went down the proverbial rabbit hole for days, immediately following her on social, followed by purchasing her book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, and then binging on her Habits and Hustle podcast. I can truly say I'm not only addicted, but she is so authentic, I feel like I already know her. In case you missed her TEDx talk, it had a modest 5.2 million views. I even learned that she has all the riz one person could have. That's charisma <laughs> for those not in the know. Ladies and gentlemen, the mother of Dylan and Sydney has the body of a goddess and the mind of your sister, the brilliant, the beautiful, and of course, bold, Jennifer Cohen. Wow, that is, <laughs> oh my God, can I keep that intro? I, Jen, I got to tell you, I meant every word. I write those from the heart. And I, I, I like your my sister from another mister. And I just love your content. Here's the book. I read it in three days. I, I Everybody has to go follow you, has to read this book and do the things. The things that you've done in your life are amazing. And you've tried everything. And we're going to get right into it because we only have an hour. And I'm, I just, I, I know it's hard to believe, but what I just said, um, but as I just said, I only recently found you on uh, the podcast. Tell us about your story. Why does your story matter? Okay, well, that's a big question, though, to start with, right? Because that's like, that's, that's my entire book. That's me basically condensing it. Why does it matter? I'll tell you what my, why my story matters. That's, I'll start with that. Jen, hold on one uh, second. Let me, I'm, I'm going to ask so many questions about the book. I tailored this just to you. So don't just go into that exact thing, like who you are as a person, not what we can Google, because you're amazing. Speak from the heart and tell me the truth and be you. Yeah, I am going to tell you the truth. I don't know any other way, by the way. I'll, I'll always tell you the truth. Uh, I think that the reason why I wrote this book is because I think there's a, there's a real big misconception out there of what it takes to be successful. And I think that people get really low and down on themselves because they typically don't think that they have the chops. They don't have the talent. They don't have the looks. They don't have the intelligence. And when it's when it really comes down to it, the brass taxes, like you don't need any of those things to to really self-actualize and shine and have the life you want. At the end of the day, what you just need to do is be bold and ask for what you want and do things even when you don't want to. So I think when people realize that we all have self-doubt, we all have insecurity, where none of us are at all perfect. But it's the people who actually do it anyway are the ones that achieve. And I think I use myself as an example because I don't think I was I, I was no great shakes. I was very average at best. I mean, I was not I was I was like I was basically in the middle, if not lower, you know, like I wasn't terribly ugly, but I wasn't terribly beautiful. I wasn't terribly stupid, but I wasn't terribly smart. And I think that when a lot of people fall in that middle area. And, you know, all the research and all the people I've spoken to on my podcast and in my life, what I've noticed is it's those people in the middle that are usually and lower are the ones that at the end of the day who go out and do extraordinary things with themselves 
um, because they just had they they did it even when they weren't like fully confident to do it, and that's how you really build confidence. God, I just adore you. Uh, um, much of what we're going to talk about again is in her book. I'm going to show it to everybody: bigger, better, bolder. Um, go out and buy it. What's the story behind someone telling you that you were average at best? What's the story? Well, the story is this. I was, I was definitely not a good student. I never loved school. Academics were not my thing. You know, like if I liked something, um, I would focus on it. And I always, I got by on having a really great memory. I had a, I can memorize things really well, but if it came down to like doing like problem solving with math, you know, I'm not your girl. And so, and so I think we had this like test that we had to do and I did really bad on the test and it was humiliating. I think that like the, the test said I should be like maybe a forest ranger. If that, when, you know, when my mom coming from the family I came from, they wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. It was, it was kind of one of those moments. And I think basically a teacher told my mom, like, don't expect a lot from her because He's not going to give it to you, basically. And uh, that was kind of like a, a shot in the, in the gut. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I was like, I'll show that teacher. And the, rea and the reality is I kind of feel like I did because it was the, it was the fuel that gave me the rocket fuel to prove her wrong. And sometimes things really happen like, sometimes you need that to kind of instigate and to to push you right like you can either you can choose life is about choices you can choose to take things and be a victim and you know merit like ruminate on all the on the bad things that people say or think or whatever or you can use it to your advantage and go out there and crush and so i just felt like you know what i'm going to show that teacher and i'm going to prove to her and to myself that that doesn't matter and I did that. I proved it time and time again. And not because, again, that I was so special, but it was just because I put myself in situations where I didn't belong. And I, and I basically was a bull in a china shop. And I pushed my way through things and put myself in places and asked, I asked and asked and asked a lot of questions and asked for what I actually wanted. Even if the answer was no, it didn't really deter me to ask another, ask again. My first logo of my first company was a bulldog. And I was told I was a bull in a China shop so many times. But I tell you, what got me here was that proverbial chip on my shoulder to prove everybody wrong, to prove that I was smart. My, my stepfather told me I was dumb and I'd never mount anything. And I just, and then now I've done so much therapy. I've, I've lost that edge and I got to manifest new ways to do things. So uh, yeah. I, I feel everything you just said it's it's i'm so proud of you and i and i'm so happy for you and i have a 14 year old daughter and i can't wait for her to listen to this and I, i'm gonna have her read your book and and, and she's just I, I want her to emulate you so oh uh, that is so nice that 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 to me is the when people say things like that to me it's it couldn't be a bigger compliment right like you know um you know i have a i have a, I have a daughter too and i feel like you need to instill in these in girls, especially now with social media and everything that's going on, you have to instill in them a voice that uh, and give them the tools so they can actually go out there and feel that they can do something and and breed confidence in them. But again, not because you tell them, oh, you're so pretty or oh, you're, you're so wonderful, but confidence is earned. It's not given. And I did a whole post on this yesterday, right? Like, 
you have to, if you really want to be someone who is truly confident and go out there in the world and, and, and shine, you have to earn that confidence by work and action. And, and once you start doing these things that you, uh, commit your, you, your, com you commit yourself to do something and then you follow through, that's like one way to keep on building that building blocks of, of confidence, and especially for girls. Um, I think it's really, really important that they, they do that at a young age. They start at a young age. So you teed up my next question because it's in the book. What's the, please explain the difference between self-actualization <laughs> and boldness. Well, I think self-actualization, you become, you self-actualize by being bold. So to me, boldness is the secret sauce um, of success. And boldness is how you get to have, and is how you design and curate the life that you actually want versus acquiescing to the life that you get. And when I think of the life I actually want, that's me self-actualizing versus someone who is just kind of accepting kind of the good enough, what, what's in front of them, what was kind of slated. The, the real truth is this, right? Um, either you choose or the choice will be made for you out there, right? So I'd rather be the choice. I'd rather make the choice for my life. Because everybody otherwise, should. everybody should. That, that and that's, that's a nugget right there. Sorry, I hope I didn't interrupt that. That was, no, was going to be the show. Probably, that was so good. Um, I love that. Uh, I, there's another book out there that's, uh, and it was before yours. I think it's called Super Bold or Bold is a Superpower, something like that. And I, I was reading it, it on a vacation with my daughter. I'll send it to you. Uh, and yeah. the... It's, it's that yours is so much better, so much, because you have real life stories of how, how it's really, this was all theories, it's good. I, I'm reading it, my daughter, I'm on vacation, we have a home in Florida, and she's reading, Dad, why would you read that when you, when you exude all those qualities? I said, thank you, honey, but I just, you know, why do we take showers every day? Because they work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's habit stacking, I guess, right? Yes. It works. What, yeah. What's the Batman effect? And do you have one? Is it Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did you tell, how can you tell? Um, the Batman, the, big, the Batman effect is actually, it's funny that you just mentioned that because um, it's all about alter egos, right? And there's been a lot of research and study based on alter egos. You know, Beyonce has an alter ego, which is Sasha Fierce when she's on stage. Uh, Kobe Bryant was, had the Black Mamba. You know, it are these things that you, um, you kind of, you, you put it into, like you, you basically become your best version of, of whatever you want to be by think, by putting yourself in the third person. So the Batman effect that you're talking about is basically this research that the study that was done um, with a bunch of children. I don't believe, I don't remember the exact age, but they gave them a task to do. And um, they did it with the, so the kids, who wore a, a they did it without wearing a cape, right? And the kid, most of the kids, almost all the kids ended up like giving up after a certain amount of time. They were just like, they were kind of deflated. They didn't feel they can do it. They gave up. Then they put a cape on these kids and the, um, the amount of kids that actually stayed with something and uh, was much more, they were, they, they, they kind of, they were much more persistent. They wouldn't give up. They stay with it because they felt like they can, because they felt strength and power. 
So the idea is that if sometimes you just need to kind of create this alter ego where you can actually do and do the things you want to do by taking yourself out of it or giving yourself that power. So this Wonder Woman thing is like, it reminds me like, you know what? I, I now embody or empower that I can do whatever I want to do, that I'm strong, that I can do it. Like I'm Wonder Woman. And I, it's a, it's a kind of like, it's a visual, it's kind of like one of these things where it's a reminder, a visual reminder and a mental reminder. I love, I just, I just love you. I, you're, everything, I, I embody everything you, I cannot, as I'm, my daughter's texting me as I, as, as we were doing, I'm thinking, oh, she's got to hear this. As a child, you were a latchkey kid. So was I. I had to come home and do lots of chores all while playing sports and, and acing school. I was a good student. Uh, you were a good student. Where did you go to school? I, Where are you from? Oh, I went to the ghetto. I, I got to send you my book. My story is crazy. I was physically, emotionally abused. It was never safe. I mean, that's why I'm a big guy because my stepdad would beat the crap out of me. So uh, I got big because I wanted to beat the crap out of him. And... Uh, so my daughter will never feel that she, she, we've, I made it out of the ghetto. I went, so have you seen the movie eight mile from Eminem? Yeah, of course. Well, I grew up, Eminem went to high school with me for a year. So I know, I know him personally. He's a good guy. I, I haven't talked to him in years, but he, his, his baby mama grew up two streets from me. So we grew up like eight miles. So it was, it was ghetto and, and like that. So it's, it's a pretty remarkable story. Um, but this wow. one's about you. This is about you and everything we're doing in the podcast is for charity, by the way. So it's, we're helping you sell books and I get to meet a new friend. I'm also going to, we're going to talk about how we're going to introduce you to Mark Wahlberg. Oh my gosh. So we're going to do it. So you were a latchkey kid. What's the difference someone made in your life as a child? Oh, what, at what age are we talking? You choose my dear. Well, I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to give you the story that's the most well known just because I think people like it, which is um, Keanu Reeves, right? Because that was a very pivotal <laughs> moment in my life, right? Best story um, ever, by the way. What? It's a good story, isn't it? Good story. But it's a great story. Um, and I don't want to ruin it. So people, if you want to hear the full on story, you should, you should listen to my TED talk that um, talks about it much more. But, you know, it was a moment in my life that was very pivotal because it was someone who uh, I wanted to get, I, I really wanted to do something. I really wanted a job, my dream job. And I believed that Keanu Reeves was my ticket to that job because he was in my small town. And I thought I always wanted, I loved music and I really wanted to be a, a v, like a VJ. Do you know what, like, like a, what do you call that guy? <laughs> Carson Daly or like one of those people, right? And at the time, don't you remember like MTV VJs or I'm like much music because I'm Canadian. Yes, I'm just saying, I'm like, a little older than you just so you know. So yes. Okay. Well, how old are you? 47. Okay. Well, still like it's a, it was, it's a, it was a very coveted job and I really wanted it. And they were having open auditions. And I thought the only way to get an audition is to have Keanu Reeves on my tape, on my demo. And I thought, why wouldn't why can't I, again, why wouldn't he not help me? Like, why can't I get him on my demo? It's like this, like, this, like naivete that really, really works, right? Like if you, it, lack of experience is actually the best thing you can ever give yourself because when you don't have the experience and you don't know what you don't know, you will, you will a hundred percent make efforts at that stuff because there's no, nothing's deterring you because you don't know how you're not, you're not jaded yet. You're not going to overthink so, it. 
you don't overthink it and you're not jaded by all this like bad stuff that's happened to you or whatever else. And so I thought, why not? And I told my friends and my family and everyone laughed at me like, oh yeah, Keanu Reeves is gonna help you, ha ha ha. But I really believe like, why not me? And um, I, I think I coerced a girl to come with me to like wait for him outside of the theater that he was performing a play, a Hamlet. He was, he wanted to, he was at the pinnacle of his career. Not like he's not now, he's been at the pinnacle forever. But, um, and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna wait for him and, and see if, uh, you know, I can talk to him and ask him to help me. And I live in, I was from Winnipeg and I'm from Winnipeg. It's a very cool place to live. And I waited for him outside in minus 45 degree weather. And finally, after like an hour, he shows up and I charge him and I asked him if he can help me with my, my demo tape. And he was so perplexed and confused and everyone was like grabbing at him and, you know, basically trying to get an autograph. And he asked me if I wanted an autograph and I was like, no, what do I want an autograph for? What's that going to help me for? And he just, he asked, he said, give me your phone number. I can't understand what you're saying. And I did. And, you know, basically long story short, you're going to hear the rest cut to, he comes to my house days later and he is my demo tape. And that, in that moment of time, it, it taught me something very big, which was, you don't know unless you ask. And you should always go into every situation with the question of why not me? You know, if it can happen to so-and-so, it can happen to me. You know, like it's about putting yourself again in uncomfortable situations where you don't think you belong. And sometimes miraculous things happen to you, which takes you on a whole different trajectory that you never knew existed. And that becomes your new life path. And so to me, it's so important. That's why boldness to me is so important. There's no better word to describe it than just being bold, you know? I love it. Grant, make sure uh, I'll send the uh, TEDx link. Let's make sure put, put the TEDx link in the show notes because it has a picture of her at the end of it with Keanu. Oh, yeah. It was the first thing I thought of was, oh my God, he was hitting on her, but she's got this big curly hair and it, it, he was just being a good dude. You and, know what's crazy? Yeah, I, I watched the TED talk. I didn't put together that, I'm oh, sorry. You, you put the TED, you. I was gonna say, I watched the TED talk, not knowing she was, this was who was on your show. I just now made the connection See? when she started telling the story. <laughs> I didn't know who you were before I heard, saw you on Craig's podcast. I never, never heard of you. And it's amazing how you said, wow. this is just going to steamroll into things. And my daughter's going to pick you up and all of her friends are going to follow you. This is, so I'm, That's how life so works. this is a good example though. I want to say something about that, right? This is a very good example. That's why you need to, in life, you need to lead with yes, right? Because you never know where it, lead, where, where it, where it ends up and where it leads you, right? What if you asked me to do this, this show, this podcast, and I said, nah, no, I don't. I would have made, <laughs> made you say yes. What? I would have made you say yes. Because I, I always say to people, don't, you, got op- you got two options. Option A, you do what I ask you to do. Option B, I make you do it. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I just, no, I, I always tell people too. Um, don't why say no when yes feels so much better <laughs> and also you don't know where it, it, it leads you like look at like so much of my life if i said no i wouldn't have that dot would never connected to a different dot that led me to somewhere else that's my point like i i feel like people are so myopic and they don't seize opportunities that could be right in front of their face because they just have all these reasons why they can't 
you know, there's a whole big thing about people talking about, like, I have a lot of people on my podcast just recently, actually, a girl came on who's very well known. And she was like, you know, um, my time, you know, time is the most valuable thing. Yeah, I understand. Time is the most valuable thing. And so she's like, I, my saying no is so important. And I say no, she's like, I say no to 99% of things. I'm like, okay, that's great. But the truth of the matter is most people starting out or in the middle or, you know, when they're trying to like get to a certain place, you can't, you can't have that mentality. You can't have that ideology because it will be destructive when you're starting out or when you're growing and when you're climbing, you have to say yes to everything because you never know. My best things happened from things that, you know, didn't seem like much. You know what I mean? I love it. What's the single most, you've done everything. It's in the book, uh, shoe, uh, shoe company. Uh, you've tried everything. Try to be the video, video yeah. DJ. You, uh, what is the single most significant career accomplishment in your opinion to date? Oh, wow. Um, career, career accomplishment. Yeah. Career. Cause you know, it's going to be the kids. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a good question. I would say, I would say actually, to be honest with you, my podcast, and I'll tell you why, because the podcast came out of an, a, a missed, like a, an opportunity that didn't work out. And I did, I know nothing about technology. I'm really bad with technology. I never even knew what a podcast was really. I mean, I did a little bit, but not really. Um, and this podcast was sold actually as a TV show. Is that and the blah, blah, blah one? No, different one. This was sold um, as a show called Game Changers. I sold it to NBC Productions <laughs> and it, nothing ever happened with it. It sat there like forever. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put my destiny in someone else's hands. I'm just going to like do it myself and put it as a podcast. It, like the, a lot of the themes were changed, but the overall idea was the same, which was, you know, interviewing a lot of disruptive people to further habits and rituals. And, you know, I figured out a way to put it together. And um, from it, you know, the amount of relationships and opportunities that it opened for me has been unsurmountable. And doing something I actually genuinely love, which is A, asking questions and, you know, getting into the brains of people who I'm super fascinated by. And so that's how Habits and Hustle was born. And to me, that's been my biggest accomplishment because. It's something that I like genuinely love to do. And, and it was something that I, you know, did as kind of like, because out of necessity, because something else never worked out. And it actually became something that worked out better. And it, 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 like I said, it like opened up all these other windows of opportunity that, you know, have been amazing. We'll make sure that the link to it, because I didn't know anything about it before I, I found you on Craig's podcast. So we'll make sure the link to that's in the show notes as well as it's really good because you do two a week and one is an interview and the other one is with your assistant and she's brilliant and hilarious, by the way, I binged it. I, I don't literally do this much prep, but you were so easy. I said it in the intro. I mean it with all the way. You are so easy to like, and you are such a personal person. I enjoy every, I, I you're on my, my routine my uh, i listen to you uh re regularly now so from just being on it now you're on my podcast so i love it and I love um, that. I, that makes me very happy thank you for telling me that that makes it, me so I, happy. Dude, I listened to your son on the podcast i was dying <laughs> laughing he was so cute i'm gonna have my daughter on it's just yeah <gasps> I, you're fabulous yeah. and 
He's so uh, cute. Oh, I love him. He was so mad, by the way, that I put that up. He was not very happy, but. Uh, my daughter said this morning, she goes, what? What, what do you mean you you have an in-person studio? It's like, where do you think I disappear to? <laughs> uh, tell us That's about a time when you almost gave up, how you felt about that, and how what you did instead of giving up. This, As that a, happens. That's a great example. I can use both stories. This story is very interchangeable, right? Like, I could have given up on that TV show, but I decided not to, and I made it into a podcast. It's so, so good. Guys, I can't tell you, you know. enough about her podcast. Listen to it, subscribe, rate, share it. So then tell us about something that you believe in that nobody else agrees with you on. This ought to be good. Oh, God. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, be, I think there are people who do agree with me on this, but I do believe that we're living in a time when we're living in a time where it's a very soft society. People are offended. I mean, there are like, there's people who are all, there's one camp that believes a certain thing and I'm in the other camp, which is that I don't believe in uh, like manifestation, for example, as manifestation is that you just bring things to you. I heard that on your podcast. I just heard it. Right. That was my, cause it's so true. Like I, there's, and, and people are leaning into it way too much. That like, you know, if you just visualize it and think about it, things will happen for you. And I'm much more of a believer of work mentality, grind mentality, persevere mentality, uh, all of that. And, and that may sound archaic to some people. That may sound like that's like old school. But like sometimes like basics old school works the best. You know, like when you go to the gym. Can I tell you something? You know where you get the best results by doing a squat, a push up, a lunge, and a, you know what I mean? And like some kind of pull up. You still get the best results doing that. You can add all these, you know, cool accoutrements and much more, you know, fad, trendy things, but at the end of the day, that's how you get the best results. And I'm still with, I still believe that you get the best results by putting in the work, by doing action, by, you know, putting yourself in places you don't belong and really, you know, pushing. Um, and so I would say that that's one of the things that I believe that a lot of people don't agree with me. Uh, what, what are you talking about? You don't think that we can just, you know, uh, what do they say? Dream without action is just a dream. So you don't think that I could, I just sit at home and I just manifest getting muscles uh, every day. And I just go, th there were studies that I, that actually said that if you just visual, just visualize, I'm with you, yeah. man. Work, work works. The harder I work, the luckier I get. I go into the gym, work, I'm work. at the gym, I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. and I'm dispensing justice. And there is no freaking scorching, there's no freaking uh, non-negotiable. We just go and we just do the work. What's I, I your, believe that. What's I your biggest that. fear? And, and, and I'm going to caveat to this because I just added this late. Do you fear death? And yes. then what's your biggest, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear is regret. Mm. Uh, my biggest fear is regret and um, not doing everything that, or not living a life that's authentic and not doing the things I want to be, not living the life being true to myself. At the end of the at the end of the day, like at the end of my life, I don't want to look back and be like, you know, I really should have done that. I really would have, would have if I did that. 
if I should, I should have done that. What if, what if, if I didn't, whatever. That to me is terrible. And I talk about this in my book. It's, I'd rather be rejected than have regret any day of the week. I could be rejected all day, but with the idea that at least I know I tried versus this idea of not even attempting to do something because of fear and, and, and self-doubt. So I have to remind myself of those things all the time. Well, they say uh, that the, the, the space between who you want to be and who you end up when you die is, the, is that regret. So I find it uh, uh, ironic that you say that regret's your biggest fear, and then you fear death. A lot of people, a lot of talk about that. I fear death too, but then I start thinking about it. Like, we're all going to die. We know it's inevitable, so let's be bold and live every day like we don't know if, to, if, we, if tomorrow's guaranteed. So it's yeah, a little bit of a spin on it, if you will. Um, I don't want to die because my life is so good. I have a daughter that needs me. Um, How old is your daughter? Fourteen. Fourteen. Where is, are you here? Uh, I live in Detroit. South, okay, still Detroit. Detroit. So, um, and I have we have a home in Florida as well on the water. So we, but we don't get down there in the summer. We go down in the winter. So, it's you know I got to stay big so I can keep her protected. So it, everybody, all of her friends follow me on social media and they know how big I am and they know to stay. And they just all the boys are fat are fascinated by me. They come over and they introduce them themselves to me and and I, I make I'm one of those weird people that I. I, I have sit down dinners. If anybody's over, we have a sit down dinner and we all have to have conversations. If when you meet my daughter, she will have a full blown conversation and ask you questions and give you full answers. That's something that's very important to me. I raised her wow. the opposite of the way that I was. She's, she's very, um, very well put together and, and knows that one word answers are, are not going to, uh, not going to do it, but she's, she, she'll love you and you'll love her. So, um, what's that's the most important, so- I just grew up so crappy that I just, I had to pay it for it. I get to relive my childhood through her. What's the most yeah. important decision you've made in your life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the you've most, so many, you've made so many good. I've made so many bad decisions too, by the way, but I would say having kids, I guess, so I can have my, I guess this is going to be a kind of a, I guess the best decision was marrying the guy I married, my husband. So then, but so I could have the kids I had because I think my kids are just amazing and I love them so much and so special. But I think every parent thinks that of their kids, right? Like you think your daughter's amazing. No, no, no. I would tell you if she was a jerk, but I'm okay. not like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those guys. I would tell you. And, and sometimes she is. This morning she got feisty with me and I said, you, you might want to go in with a better attitude to school. You know, I, I let her do her thing and experience the consequences, both good and bad. I'm, I'm not a hover yeah. parent. Yeah, I'm not a hover parent either. I How mean, long have you been married? Um, 11 years. How'd you, how, where'd you meet your husband? Oh my gosh, I met him at, uh, <laughs> at a Passover Seder. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish. Seagull. I know, I know. So, yeah, the, the Last Seder. Supper. <laughs> the Last Supper, exactly. It was totally weird you know how i met him i was dating another guy and i broke up with this boyfriend of mine the night before the seder that i was invited to and he was supposed to come with me to the seder this guy adam and we broke up and so i called my girlfriend because my girlfriend invited me to her seder and i said listen i broke up with adam so you have another like you have another (laughs) chair opened you know just fyi and so she's like all right whatever and so her girlfriend. So are you okay? Her girlfriend 
had a crush on my husband and invited my husband as her date. You stole I didn't him. know any of this. I was, you know, like, I didn't know the friend. I didn't know any of this information until I got there and he, he was sitting beside me and, and I didn't even like him to be honest, but like he drove me home and he, I don't know, he was very, you know what? He was extremely persistent. You know what I mean? Like he would not take no for an answer. He's like, when am I, let's, can I take you for dinner? I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm busy, whatever. He's like, well, how about, I'm not, he's like, well, how about tomorrow? How about this day? How about that day? And he wore me down. Honestly, that's how it happened. Were you friends with the girl that had the crush on him or no? No, I had no idea who she was. I oh, didn't know that. she friend. hated you. Oh, she, by the way, I think to this day, she hates me. <laughs> hey, girlfriend. I'm sorry. Hopefully you met some, uh, had some matzo with somebody else. Anybody, to be honest. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, he's such a nice girl. She's a so really he, wonderful person, actually. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Passovers. I've never heard somebody meet somebody at oh, a Passover. Our Passover seders are long and arduous. Like, oh, no. Oh, you have no idea. How, same with, so by the way, so are these ones. So, are these ones. <laughs> so the best line I've ever heard in my life is you have a master's degree in failure, but a PhD in getting back up again. Where yeah. did it come from and what's the backstory? That's literally my, I, I just thought of it. I mean, the, the, where it come from that, that like, I have a master's in failing because I'm so used to falling and failing. And, you know, I learned how to be resilient just through becoming desensitized to failure and reframing how I look at failure. That that's why I say that I say as many times as I fall, it doesn't matter. I have a master's in it, but I have a PhD because I'll always keep on getting back up and trying again. Like, it doesn't deter me to stop trying. And that's the idea is that I can fail a million times and I'll be like, okay, let's go. Like I look at failure as an attempt, you know, your first attempt at, at, at something, your second attempt, your third attempt. And the reality is most people don't even make one attempt. Almost nobody makes one attempt. Hardly anybody makes two attempts. So if you're somebody who's going to put yourself out there over and over again, just on sheer volume, you're going to win. Just on sheer volume. So I always say, like, don't count yourself out because, like, the more you try, the, 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 the stack is, is for you that you're actually going to get something. And by the way, if you don't get that thing, another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed by just going through the process. Remember, she said that that is so true. It just it, you will be in the right place at the right time. And the thing that's meant for you, that's the law of vibration. That's a, that's the law of attraction. That's it, it, I believe in that all day and twice on Sunday. And, and I always say impossible only describes the degree of difficulty. What's this meh versus eh? Meh versus eh. Um, meh, is that in my book? I can't remember. It's in, it's, it's in your book. Okay, I don't even remember what I wrote. Um, can you tell me? Cause I wrote it so long uh, ago. I, don't I, 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 I literally, I'd have to look it back up because it was so interesting. And I just, it's the way you look at life. That's all it's, it's, oh, no yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It yes. was so it's intriguing. Cause I, I, of course. Okay. I do know what you're talking about. Of course. So basically my idea was it's about perspective. Life is all about perspective and it's about reframes. You can look at something. This is the examples I use. And I know where you got that from. I know, I know the sentence because you know, for example, you know, if you, baggage versus luggage, right? 
baggage has this idea of like weighing you down. It's like the baggage. It's like, it's, it's like, it's heavy. It weighs you down. It's, it's problems. It's, but luggage feels much more like you're going on a trip. You feel much freer. It's like, yes, like new beginnings. Like you're doing, it's all about how you reframe and how you see things, which then guides you through your life. And so, no, go ahead. Your euphemisms and explanations are priceless. I listen, I consume so many podcasts and the way you, this is why I, I, I resonate with you. It, I'm not the smartest guy, but I can understand everything you say and I get it. It's, I uh, love it. It's true though. Thank you. But it's, isn't it true? Like yeah. it's all about how you, how you envision something you can, cho- again, you can choose how you look at something, you know, and, um, and how you respond and react to something. Like, I believe that we're all, we all should be the CEOs of our own lives. We should be designing and curating the life that we want. Um, not just again, accepting what we have in front of us, because that's not how you have ultimate, have an ultimately rich life. And I don't mean a rich life with money. I mean, a rich life with like experiences and relationships that are meaningful and all that stuff. That to me is way more important. Alignment. Yeah. Uh, tell us about, tell the listeners about blah, blah, blah. And your best friend, Laura. Oh my God, that was so long ago. This is like, you read the book. It's in like, the book. I just, I, I, I just, I, know. Really, I binge wrote, read it, and then said the things that were very interesting to me. You know, we're not, we didn't, I didn't, I'm not regurgitating the whole entire book because I want people to buy it and read it, but these are just some of the freaking absolute gems that are in it that I, that I just found that probably make you, you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it so much. You don't even know, but, um, I feel that blah, 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 my God. I was working at a record label and then I had this idea of doing a show. What haven't you done? What haven't you done? You well, really I, are Wonder Woman. I think, thank you. But like, I think my, my, I'm old, but like my career really was, it evolved over time. Like, I don't even know how I ended up doing what I'm doing, to be honest. Like if, there, if you looked at my war shock, it was at that personality test or that, not personality test, but like the war shock thing, it's all over the place. It makes there's no rhyme or reason for anything. I was in the music world. I was in the sports world. I was in the fitness world. I mean, none of it really kind of, you know, but you take skills with you from everything, right? Your skills are transferable. So there are certain things I learned in, in uh, music that helped me in sports. And like, you just don't ever think that what you've done is irrelevant or inconsequential really, right? Because you can utilize those things in the next thing that you're doing, right? It's they all, these skills are extremely malleable and transferable. So um, take every experience and every learning as, as a learning experience and use it, use it as that, you know? Um, but to answer your question, I created this idea show when I was very, very young and I did it with my girlfriend and we had zero, we were given a small budget and we basically, again, like did the same, same thing, you know, like I bootstrapped it. The guy, this production company gave me $1,500 to show him because he liked my, my initial idea, what the show would be. It's called blah, 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 which was like, um, it was like the view, but for a younger generation. And so I took it to the comedy film, uh, comedy festival in Montreal, where we like snuck in by buying these laminates and ropes. Like they all were wearing this laminate to get in. 
but they all were hanging from this rope. And I'm like, well, I don't have a pass. And, but what if we went to the art store and we would get those black ropes and then pretend that we tucked them underneath, maybe we can get in. And so that's what we did. And we we kind of, we basically snuck ourselves into this comedy festival where all these agents and managers and comedians and whoever celebrities were. And uh, because we were like crafty, excuse the pun. And then we basically were able to like interview all of these like big, big, big people for this demo tape again, to always put a demo tape, it feels like, right? The much music demo tape, this thing. And uh, we came back with this like killer demo tape for the show. And then because of, but it's an interesting thing because when we came back to give in the, the I guess the demo for the, for the, for the show, based what happened while we were there, doing all the hustling and finagling and being very gritty, right? Like sneaking in, making these pretend laminate uh, things. And like, I, I was using some guy's cameraman because my camera was very lackluster. And I was like wheeling and dealing that when I came back, I was getting all the, uh, when I came back to give in the, the stuff, I got all of these job offers from LA and Hollywood because I was such a like hustler there. You know what I mean? Like I got noticed for doing something other than what I came there for that again, sparked all these other, sprawled all all these other opportunities. There is nothing that you can't do. And the next thing that you start, you need $1,500. Call me. (laughs) I just, I back you in anything, anything. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You published an article on. I might company for a loan. You never know. I'm gonna write well, that down. Well, I want to help you with your Miami thing too, so we'll talk about that later. But um, you published an article on Forbes.com on a, for six years regarding leadership and productivity. You spoke yeah, about. Yeah, I was a columnist for them, for like a, I, for a leadership columnist. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing. You're just a <laughs> wonder woman. You spoke about the fundamentals of fitness to start. What are they? Because obviously, I'm big into fitness. Oh, wow. The fundamentals of fitness. Well, I would say this. I think what you're referring to is more about the values that fitness taught me for my life. Is that yeah. what you mean? Are you yes. fundamentals like doing a, a squat or a lunge? Okay. Um, to me, fitness to me um, teaches people like massive foundational fundamental skills that help you in all walks of life. And that's why fitness to me has been such an incredible huge piece of success um in everything because it taught me discipline it taught me patience it taught me goal setting it taught me you know that you plateau in life just how you do at the gym and sometimes things just aren't moving and you have to be okay with it um and if you just stick to something and not give up that things could change again and all of these things are so helpful in in like in macro in life right like you need discipline in life you need to have habits that you you harness and that you work and routines that you harness and work to be the best version of yourself things don't just happen by happenstance right like what you said earlier i'm going to post that by the way i'm going to put that on my story work works yeah work works because it's true work does work and i think that learning these skills and also the other thing that fitness is so good for is that it gives you a real sense of confidence right like true confidence that you can't make up you know you can't just 
Hey, um, you can't make up stuff like that. You can't, you can't, you need to earn it. And like, you see yourself getting stronger physically, it, give, it makes you stronger mentally. And when you see that you're able to accomplish and conquer, it gives you that ability to feel like, yeah, you know what, I can do the next thing. And that is transferable in anything in life that you're trying to pursue. I'm glad you said it so nicer than me because I do it all the time. I was like, you're crazy. Go to the gym at 5 a.m. every day, which goes into my next thing, which is I work out seven days a week. I only take days off that the universe gives me. And I read that you do the yeah. same. So you, work the same. Out, you work out seven days a week, practice bold habits, exercise, meditation, doing hard things first. Is this mm -hmm. where the 10% target habit was? No, 10% target is different. Doing hard things first is that you get it out of the way quicker so you're not ruminating on it and it's not weighing you down the rest of the day. And then when you do the hard things first, you feel a sense of accomplishment that you feel like, okay, aha, I did that. You, go, you walk through the rest of the day with much more um, ease and confidence that you can like do the next thing and the next thing because you, you got the, 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 the shitty stuff that you, you didn't want to do, the hard stuff out of the way. So, and, and by the way, that's why I also like to do the gym first because that's like a sense of accomplishment that you did it. It's you feel productive. You did something for yourself. You made yourself a priority. It clears your mind. It gives you focus, blah, blah, blah. So do you do music or podcast when you're at the gym? Um, it depends. Like I, when I do cardio, 100% I need to listen to music. I cannot be doing cardio listening to like a podcast. What do you do? I'm mostly podcast. I am addicted to the expansion of my mind and being, and I just, I, you know, I'm just starting. I'm behind you. So I, I, I'm four months into this thing. It's blowing up like crazy, crazier than I've ever thought. So I listen, to, I binge. I'm an alien. I'm a lot. That's why we get along. I, 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 if you look at my story today, I started at 3 a.m. this morning. I was so excited for us. I was, I've been up at three. I was cutting videos. I was getting prepping for this. I wanted to add a few questions and I'm so, I, my life is so good right now. And it just goes into my next question was, and we're going to go into more of those, but do you, I'd imagine you don't alcohol, you don't drink any alcohol, do you? I don't drink alcohol. I don't, I, I, I don't because first of all, to be, if I was honest, I don't like the taste of it. I never did. I wasn't like someone who liked the taste of alcohol. I'd rather eat my calories. Number one. Um, and secondly, I never really, if I don't like it, why would I waste my calories on it? It's, and it, it's just, it bloats me. I feel it's just gross. I feel you can gross. see it all over your body because your, your, your skin tone is perfect. Your, your, I know you work out, you just see it and, and exudes off of you. I just, I asked that because I, alcohol, I used to drink a ton. I used to be the, the most functioning alcoholic or functioning drunk you've ever seen. And I had a body just like this still but since i quit four and a half years ago my body is ripped and i'm 47 i have a six-pack and it's just wow you want it, hormones it, or anything oh of course i'm 47 i gotta take testosterone to freaking get i'm on testosterone replacement but you don't just eat testosterone and get bigger you gotta do the work you know remember the manifestation yeah. you gotta drink i train harder than anybody does and i lift heavy heavy weights and then when i'm going real heavy i do switch to music and i get the podcast out I have a really bad problem for getting to wind down. Like I'm always taking on something, focused on something, something's getting better. And then I, and then I realize when I go to Florida, I get on my boat, I get on my Harley and I think I gotta, I gotta relax. But like you said, you say right now, you gotta say yes to everything. And I, right now I'm just taking in everything to become the best. As you can tell, I've, I've prepared for this 
emphatically because I'm, I'm going to give you the justice that you deserve and, and, and it's just the right thing to do. And, but yeah, talk where, about where, your, t- go ahead. No, where in Florida are you? Do you spend Cape time? Coral? It's just outside of, of Fort Myers. I'm on the West coast. It's, you know, it's just weird how it happened. I was down there during the pandemic. I'm watching the sunset. I'm big on sunrises and sunsets. I don't know what it is. It must be about my mortality. Just there's something bigger than me out there. And it just makes me excited. And I was watching the sunrise. I was at the Naples, Ritz Carlton, watching the sunset every night. And I, what the heck am I doing in Michigan? And we were shut down like you guys were in California and Florida's wide open, like nothing even happened. And I'm like, what am I doing in Michigan? I said, I'm going to buy a house here. And I just jumped on a Harley and I rode up the coast. And by happenstance, I built a house in Cape Coral right on the water with a pool, my boat's in the backyard. And then right when the thing gets done, a hurricane comes through, comes right through. And the house was built so perfect that nothing happened. And my friends are like, you literally are the, cho- we're Jewish. So we're the chosen one. So I, I like, you really are the chosen one. Freaking build a house, hurricane, category five hurricane comes through. No damage. It's like, really? No, $5,000 worth of damage. It's, it's a couple of screens ripped out. Nothing. Boat was right sitting there. My, my lawyer who lives down there, his whole house was trashed and gone. It's gone. His boat's gone. I feel horrible, but, um, it's my escape, man. I get down there and I, I, but you know what? I'll sit and I have one vice. It's smoking cigars. I smoke a victory cigar every day and I sit in my pool and I just enjoy it. And I'm usually reading. I read your book there and I prepare podcasts there. I do podcasts. I'm just my best self. I, I shoot all my videos there for, uh, for the, um, for, for the social media. And you can just tell when I'm in Florida cause I'm happy. That is but, so lovely. Wait, have, I have another question for you. Go ahead. What was the business that you were in before? Like, what did you do, or what do you do? I still own. I own a company called National Technology Management. We're what they call a managed service provider, an IT company. Uh, it's a national company. We do really well. I still own it. I'm slowly pulling away. We run this thing called EOS, which everybody. It's a structure of how you run the company, and I can just pull out of it. And my team. I have a woman that runs the company who's. I said, you're going to, she, as soon as I said your name, she's like, Oh my God, I love her. And she's going to love this podcast. She runs the company. She's a, a badass and she believes in everything I'm doing. And she knows this is for charity. This, I couldn't do it without them. They allow me the freedom to do this because they do my job for me. So, uh, and, and it's, I am very, very blessed, but it's intentional. I, I surround myself with people that, are yes that, that that are yes let's do this together and and i lead with vulnerability and communication honesty I, I i live my life the right way but it took a long a long way to get there man and it just through lots of failures i got there and and i did it a little bit late you know i started right around 42 43 i wish i would have started earlier and i had success but it was all monetary and now i'm now i'm who i'm meant to be and this is going to explode and I'm going to, I'm going to latch on to you and help you. And we're going to, we're going to do things together. So, but I don't want to skip over that 10% target habit. That's really good. Yes. Thank you. That is a really, thank you. That 10% target really kind of had a lot of traction. People really found it to be extremely useful. And I, I touched upon it a little bit. It's basically the idea that we said earlier that most people don't make any attempts, none, zero, right? Um, so if you if you reframe what failure is and decide that you know what i'm going to make 10 
attempts at whatever it is I want most in life. Pick one thing. Don't go crazy and have your in every area. Pick one thing, and then just make ten attempts at that. And if you do that, one of two things that happen: either one, you'll get the thing that you went for, or or which mostly happens, another thing will another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed. But what also it does, it gets you into the habit of attempting, falling, getting yourself back up and building resilience, right? You're, you're changing what the idea of failure means to you. You are really making yourself immune to the idea of failure because the more you do something, the less stigma and, and, and um, discomfort comes with it, right? So if you can do something and over and over again, it loses that, that, that um, discomfort and it becomes much more, uh, you become immune to it. So if you, can, if you could pick something, you would be amazed if you are focused on that thing, what happens? So don't just try once. Don't just try twice and then say, you know what, eh, did it work out and then keep it moving. If you really want something, you stay on course and you, you figure out 10 attempts. And usually by that eighth attempt, seventh attempt, like I said, something else will present itself that you never even knew was existing, but you had to go down that process and path to even find that. And so that's why it's such an important, that's why the philosophy behind the 10% target is so powerful. I just realized why that resonates with me so much. I'm a salesperson at heart and uh -huh. most people give up one to three tries or they don't try it all. Like you said, oh, yeah. I would track all of the attempts that I would do to reach people. And I won more deals that most people would abandon than it. That's what made me my successful. That's the most successful. Uh -huh. I, I would just, I make a game of it. So it, after six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, I'd keep going. And a lot of times I'd win a deal after three years of trying. They're like, yeah, I, I just have to, you've been so dedicated. If you own the company and you're this dedicated, how is your staff? Just as tenacity, tenacious is one of our core values. I am tenacity aggressive. Tenacity is one of my core values too. I talk about that a lot. Like being bold, by the way, a, a very close uh, sister or brother is tenacity. Tenacity is extremely important. And I used to be called that all the time. That was like, you know, Jennifer's so tenacious, or she's that, you know, that, tena that the, the tenacity. Oh, that, that how does that make you feel? I think it's, I, listen, I'd rather be that than, than, the, than the alternative, right? Like, ah, she doesn't give it, she doesn't really try. She doesn't really, she doesn't really have that much enthusiasm. Like, people are always like, what, don't you think that, can boldness have a, a negative connotation? Sometimes people ask me, I'm like, no. I mean, they're like, well, it can be perceived as being pushy or aggressive or this. I'm like, to the wrong so, people, to the people that the wrong, aren't. Exactly. I got to tell you, you just, you know, you're so humble and, and you're beautiful and smart and kind. And I just, those are, those are some adjectives that I'd like to make sure that you know that. You oh, know. thanks. You're are you so ever sweet. down by the way? Are you, do you ever get down? Yes. All the time. I mean, listen. I got to give myself pep talks all the time, right? Like I have self-doubt that that creeps up all the time. And what I do in that moment, like I'm, I'm a human being, right? But I try to like practice what I preach and say to myself the same thing I would say um, to other people was that like the only way to get, you know, 
what they say remember that like the only way to get over someone is to get under someone but it's the same oh. thing like if if you're trying to like get over like you have to do something different like if you feel self-doubt do it anyway if you feel like you can't still act as if right like that's how you move move over that hump you know to the next thing you know like when you feel bad or like you don't insecure change your environment go for a walk like change your mind change your your where, where your brain is 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 ruminating or change your environment it really makes a big difference um and but act it's all action based right like if you're just sitting watching netflix all day and expecting to have you know these returns on your life guess what it's not going to happen you know what i mean like you if you want something you have to go out there and make it happen for yourself. Like you got to create these opportunities. Don't just expect them to show up for you. Jen, you got it wrong. It wasn't to get over somebody. You get under somebody else. You get over somebody. You go to another Passover Seder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, never right. going to forget that. I'll never, I will bring that story up till the day you That's and I die. So funny. That's so All right, funny. we got to, we got to start wrapping this up. Is there something I haven't asked you today that you feel compelled to share? No. Oh yeah. Talk about the fact that I've been, uh, the end of uh, the end of June, I think it's the 26th, the 28th, I am doing a bold, bigger, better, bolder mastermind with a big emphasis on wellness. And I would love for people to uh, sign up and come. It's, it's, it's very I limited. Went, by the way, I went to the link to try to sign up for it. And it wasn't there, but that was right after we talked the last time, which was like oh, three weeks again. ago. Okay. Oh, because I want to go. I'm going to come support you no matter what. And, and thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was, I had a bunch of people reach out to me saying that the link, can, can you try it again afterwards? I, I will. And let me I, know? will. I will. Cause that's not, and I'm going to be down there. I want you to, when you, when you see me in person, you'll laugh. I look like a tree trunk. I'm five foot nine and 210 pounds of just. Muscle. Are you serious? Let me see. Let me stand up. Uh, you, you don't see, you don't see. Hold on. Oh Jesus, you're very fit. Okay, let me. That's, <laughs> that's gonna be in the first. That's funny. Uh, that's never so done funny. that before. So, yeah, I'm looking I, at you online right now. I I train real hard. Um, okay, that's so the 26th to the 28th. Yeah, I do shirtless videos every morning because exactly why you not to show off. I, you can tell I I have an ego, but it's in check. I do that because. If I'm training like this at 47, you know that I'm doing the rest of the work. And I want to inspire people to follow in my footsteps. I don't drink alcohol. I don't take drugs. I'm not out womanizing. I'm not out uh, watching porn. I, I, I just live my life. I am what my, I want my daughter to date. That's beautiful. I love that. That really is amazing. It took a lot of hard work and challenges. It took a lot of aggression to get this soft. Believe me. All That's right, a, great a lot of aggression to get this off. <laughs> it did. Uh, I'll send you a book and you'll see. Uh, Seagulls, be certain to follow her on all her socials and show notes and buy her book. Also, subscribe, rate, and share her awesome podcasts, Habits and Hustle. She releases two shows a week while not busy with her truth rope, operating as Wonder Woman. It has been an honor, and I must tell you how much I love you. I'm a fan and now a friend, um, and I just want... To stay on, we can, uh, give me two seconds. I got to read the disclaimer and then stay on. I need to grab your number and I'm going to make an introduction for you to get your, to get Mark on the show for you. Um, each and every, each and every episode is sponsored by national technology management, the easiest and best it company to do business with. Uh, 
delivering peace of mind with technology every day. Visit trustntm.com for more info. Until next week, be harder than life. Thank you for listening. Please rate and subscribe to Harder Than Life, and let's take this to the next level. Get connected at the links below.